of sheets She's just a picture Lives, lives on my wall Well, she's, she's just a picture Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Decade's Best Podcast. There hasn't been one out in a while, but that's because I've been sitting on the last one uh, Grant and I recorded about... It's just getting better with age, yeah, really. with uh, 28 Days... No, not 28 Days Later. That's another Danny Boyle movie. 127 yeah. hours. Um, wrong decade. Uh, he does like numbers, yes, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, did you see yesterday? No. Should no, I? I didn't either. I, I, I haven't seen it, but you can rent it now. So I was going to... I feel... I'll probably enjoy it. I heard the soundtrack's pretty good. Movies. Yeah, they not bad. Good writers, those guys. <laughs> so, you will probably have heard that one pretty close to this one, but it's been a while. We've taken a break from recording any, and I'm hoping to backlog the end of the year here with a few more to support uh, my write-up at the end of the year. I don't think I recorded one with Ben. Ben was probably the last one I put out, though. I don't even remember what it was. Uh, oh, Ben and I did... Uh, in Karen Vice? No, we did three Edgar Wright movies. We did all three Edgar Wright movies. That's a good. That's a good decade. Yes, good he decade. had a pretty good decade. <laughs> He's got one not, coming up, right? Yeah, next year. Okay, um, not in this decade. One night at Soho, not in this decade, or one night last night in Soho, and it it sounds like it's going to be well. Baby Driver wasn't a comedic movie, but it was funny. This movie sounds his. It might be his most uh, dra- dramatic shift away from what he's been comfortable doing i think it's supposed to be more psychological horror film and i can't wait to see it it's got um i think florence Pugh's in it is she in it i can't remember um speaking of florence Pugh, i feel like florence Pugh, if was if she was florence Pugh, 10 or whatever this movie came out uh when did this come out 2011 i think florence Pugh would have been in the running to play our lead of this film, Martha Marcy May Marlene. I, don't, I, I get the same vibe from her and Elizabeth Olsen. I don't know. Is that just me? Or um, you crazy? I'm not. All right. So refresh my memory. What has, uh, what has she been? Few. Yeah. She's at the Midsummer. Oh, Midsummer? Summer. <laughs> is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Because it sounded it like you said something else. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she she was awesome. About. Yeah, you're right. I, I do. I could see the similar vibe. Um, uh, I don't know if it's just a looks thing. They have some. You know, they're both. I look at her and I see too. like, okay, she could be dating some kind of blue superhero <laughs> and have him die and have it be really tragic. Is Vision blue? Yeah. Am I crazy? I think that's my color blindness. So I would say I, I have some red green color blindness. No, so I gotta look it up. <laughs> I don't know. I never pictured him as being blue, but we're distracted. Um, Martha Marcy May Marlene. Uh, I believe you oh picked gosh, this for totally red. Yeah, what am I talking about? <laughs> okay, okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad we squared that away. Yeah. Um, do you pick this one for us, right? I, I th- think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I gave you guys a big list of movies I was considering, and uh, this is one that you picked out. I don't think I assigned it for the two of us, but um, it had a. Uh... It just sat with me so well the first time I saw it, and I was, I was like, oh, "This did would be great." Did you see it? Do you rem- did you see it when it first came out, or did you catch it later? I didn't um, see it in the theater. Yeah, I uh, think I saw it in the theater, and I think this rewatch was. No, I must have watched it once 
after I bought it on home video. So maybe this was the third time I'd seen it. I cut you off. I so definitely you watched used... it in 2011. So, oh, so there pretty wasn't, soon after. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of, I feel like there wasn't a lot of buzz around it. I don't know how <laughs> we stumbled on it or who mm-hmm. recommended it to me, but it was, yeah, just immediately. I was like, my God, that's just, you know, probably the best movie I've seen all year kind of thing. Yeah, I can't remember where I had it. I should have probably opened that up sooner. I don't know how I should do this. I'm going to pull up where I ranked it when it so first came it's out. It's kind of funny coming off of, uh, I didn't th- really think about the parallels to uh, Upstream Color until mm-hmm. I kind of finished watching it. But there, there's there's a few of them here. I mean, you got the, the writer-director, the kind of elusive writer-director who hasn't really done much else, hasn't mm-hmm. done anything since but has a project kind of rumored in the midst kind of thing mm-hmm. with uh, Sean Durkin. Mm-hmm. Which was, was, did he have another feature under his belt or is it only shorts before this? Um, I think it's only TV or something like that. Okay. Um, yes, it has been long overdue since he makes another movie, uh, especially rewatching it. It's just like, how's this guy not gotten another job? Exactly. And maybe that's because oh, yeah. he wants to make a movie he can control like have full creative control over again that could be part of it so as a director he's done tv but as a writer he's only done one short and then this movie but that was still 2013 that was a long time ago yeah uh, since he's directed anything uh he's been producing as well it seems here he's been sitting on his ass he hasn't been doing anything (laughs) he's been lazy and you know this is what really more of a criticism of his and um, I had, so when this movie came out, I ranked it 10th of my year, uh, 2011. The other movies I had above it, um, War Drive. <laughs> Drive was my number one that year. Of course. Uh, so. I'm going, I'm going to nine, <laughs> nine and up. War Horse, Dragon Tattoo. Dragon Tattoo was great too, yeah. Hugo. No, the, stop. Oh, Hugo's great. The Descendants. <laughs> Melancholia. Uh, 13 Assassins. No. The Tree of Life, which is now questionable. No, my favorite movie from this year, I would say. I, I have Tree of Life higher on my decades best list than oh. I do Drive. Tinker Taylor uh, also that year. That would be a- Shame and Drive. Tinker Taylor is way lower on the list. Oh, I like that movie a lot more oh, than you. It I was think. only it was only three more. It was th- I had it at thirteen behind Tintin and Beginners. Those were the two movies in between this. Beginners and that. is great. I do love Beginners. Uh, I think that Beginners. Is probably not going to make my list, just be, but I feel confident in that because I have 20th Century Women on my list, which I, I prefer of the two Mike Mills movies of the decade. You prefer Beginners? No, you 20th, 20th Century, Century Women. Women. Yeah, I think I prefer the other, or the opposite. Mm, okay, but I do. Love Maybe both. We need to talk about those two movies. <laughs> we probably should, because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Beginners in a long time as well. I. Yeah. Uh, it's probably been about as long as I've seen it since I saw this movie. So uh, it, I maybe I should rewatch it. But uh, I also I remember went from Midnight in Paris, it. but I don't think I, I think it's better than this. Well, wait, is that this also. year too? What? Yeah, yeah, I have it in there. Rise of the Planet of the Apes was also. Is that the first one? That was the first one of the new ones. Uh, I disagree with you on that one as well. So it sounds like I have you have this. No, but Midnight Midnight in Paris. If I was re ranking this, would probably be in my top two or three. Like. Uh, Midnight in Paris has become my most... It's probably the movie I've watched the most since 2011. I haven't seen it since, actually. And I, I think... I, I loved it 
so I think yeah, I would... Amy. It's it's one of Amy's favorites as well. But it's just a movie you can put on, and it it's just like Owen Wilson is so good in it. Yeah, he is. Rachel McAdams is so good into it. This has turned into a Midnight in Paris co- good podcast, apparently. You know, 2011 was a good year. I'm just realizing. What? Oh, yeah. It was a really good year flipping through this list. And I think what's interesting to get maybe on track to the whole idea of this list is how how much of an advantage some of these films that are almost 10 years old have mm-hmm. over the other, the newer films. Yeah, is that what you're finding for the most part? Yeah, because I don't, like right now, I I don't know of the last two years are probably, and this happened last time too, when I did a decade's best. Mm-hmm. I mean, my favorite movie of all time, Fantastic Mr. Fox, I had it like 50 on my best of the decade. And now I consider it my favorite movie ever. Gotcha. Um, where, you know, like Midnight in Paris has jumped. Uh, Contagion probably I should be considering more. Tinker yeah. Taylor jumped a ton. This so jumped a ton, I think. Uh, three I more mean, from that that year, uh, Margin Call, Fifty Fifty, mm-hmm. and Warrior were also pretty mm-hmm. excellent movies, I think. But back to Marthy, Marcy, May, Marlene. Yeah. We, this movie still fucking stands up. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I was rewatching it, and I was like, this is just as gripping, just almost as intense. I remember being more tense when I saw it in the theaters. Well, the first time, you just have no idea. Yes. Where and it's going. Durkin, yeah, and Durkin's use of negative space is like incredible. Like the you when uh when the scene where she pushes pushes it's it Hugh Dancy I believe plays the uh, brother in law mm-hmm. when down she pushes him down the stairs. It's like the last big scene of the movie, and then the way they frame oh, and also um, Sarah Paulson. Shout out to her. I forgot she was the mom in here. She's great, or the daughter, or fuck, she's sister. The mom. Well, she's, she's sister, a sister, she's gonna be a but mom. she's very motherly. She's going to be a great mother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not according to Martha. Uh, what a fucking... Oh, my gosh. That, was, that scene. I forgot about that scene, too. I was like, oh, shit. That's yeah, fucked up. Uh, um, <laughs> but brutal. that's... The way Durkin... That was probably one of my favorite shots from that year, the way Durkin frames it. I think you I, see... It didn't stand out to me, that one. I'll have to watch that again to see... Because... Because Paulson's like in the bottom right of the corner. I think you maybe can see the back of Martha's head. Uh-huh. And there's just the, then you, you can see the back patio, which is bathed in moonlight. And you're just waiting for <laughs> them to show up and you're, start yeah. fucking, like finally you're waiting catch for up John Hawks to, to come around. Yeah. And also, also relevant. Cran and I are probably going to discuss Once Upon a Time in Hollywood after this. All the the Mancini vibes really fit in with this That's year. That's a good point. I, like, I didn't really think about it in the it, the the first couple times I saw it. Like, obviously, that's a direct parallel to, like, but, but it, the, the creepy crawly Manson, I mean, they even call it creepy crawling like Manson did. It's, uh, yeah, that, 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 I think that was a nice added layer that I didn't really consider whether it was my own ignorance or just it's relevance to the current uh popular culture landscape but um so in that scene with ted i was i think i was too busy just wondering what the hell ted was doing like yeah that was... you got this mentally unstable mm-hmm. girl staying at your place and you're like you know what? i'm gonna shake her awake <laughs> oh she's run- i'm gonna chase her now i'm gonna chase her what <laughs> and then you're like oh she's psychotic maybe you're acting psychotic too man <laughs> Yeah, they could have taken that a lot. Does he? He doesn't make a pass at her, does he? I no, forgot. and I'm no, glad he yeah. didn't. I thought they were like, when, yeah, that that would be the 
the more stereotypical route for I think that. There's a lot of times that this movie took there's like an opportunity for the stereotypical thing, and mm-hmm. then it it never does that. It it's so well written, mm-hmm. and like it's also it, well the script and the editing, which I don't know which to credit, but the way though there's so many great cuts match cuts oh, in this that, movie that's, that, that's what i felt that has to be for. at the script level i think but that's why i think it deserves to be so high on this list is just yeah. is, is those transition shots mm-hmm. they're just like so sleek and they're, it's so plotted out just beautifully they 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 serve a purpose it's not each just scene is talking chilly. to each other you know it's yeah yeah, I, like, I you, it not puts agree you more. in her position, like you're disoriented, yes. and you're seeing yes. the connections that she's making. Mm-hmm. It's oh yeah, I love that. It's that's, that's really, 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 really well done. Um, like I said, it just like you said, you he's have been you ever seen it ass. done that well before? I mean, I'm no film connoisseur for the past, but in I, I haven't. I mean, in the the last twenty years, no, it's yeah. definitely one of the better ones out there. Where it it, it just feels so just perfectly executed mm-hmm. um the uh but no i don't want to direct anything else for the next 10 years I'm <laughs> well he apparently something's coming next year i, I think know. we're getting the nest or something like that right yeah i think it sounded intriguing it did oh is this the jude law it seems like some sort of thrillery thing as well yeah he, he takes his family back to england i believe Yes, so I can't wait more for more for Durkin. Um, I just also think he does a great, like his shot selection is wonderful and how it's kind of, it's always, a, it's it's removed, but at the same time, like you said, you always still feel like you're right in her headspace. It, like the shot where it's like, it, it's one of the more famous shots. I think the poster is the made poster, from it. I think that's yeah, what I was where just thinking. It's of. that long shot and where she's listening in and that, that, the shot it, just is great. Chills, at con- man. Yeah, it, it's great at conveying that distance when then also, but you know that she's listening. Well, the I think what really hit me this time, I think because I think the first time I watched it, I was like, wow, that's that's pretty pretty moving. You kind of are mm-hmm. getting close to how she's feeling. But what I noticed this time was that when he calls her insane, mm-hmm. boom, she looks right at the camera during that mm-hmm. close up. And I was like, and I was like, I was like, is, are, are we being accused of judging her as well here? Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, it's he, he uses a lot of great extreme close-ups, and I think yeah. he does it really well. We all, yeah, that might be a good point to transition to just Olsen in general, who is just phenomenal in this film, and I think, she, I mean, besides getting buried in, and I've enjoyed her in the Marvel movies, but. I feel like she hasn't got as another as good a chance to flex her skills since this movie. No, which I is mean, it's l- hard to beat an opportunity like this, though. Yeah, I mean that's true. But Wind River, I don't think. I mean, I, she's I good like that movie. She's good in Wind River. You that, didn't like that movie? I, I didn't like it. I mean, anything like this, uh-huh. or I'm more? Yeah. Oh no, no. Movie, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying it's at this level, but it, I thought it was a good movie. It was a good movie. But it was. But I think it's also made up for the end of the movie. Makes up for that a lot of that movie. God, the yeah. action set piece at the end of that movie is incredible. Uh, um, I was I was blown away by that. Uh, the la- that twenty minutes. I I remember second. being very disappointed she didn't because there were some whispers that she might get a best actress nomination oh, really? for this. And Meryl Streep ended up winning for the Iron Lady, a movie I fell asleep in, which does not happen very often. It's um, about robots, right? 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the robot Margaret Thatcher, mm. Glenn Close, Albert Nobbs, Viola Davis, and the Help, a movie I think is fucking horrible. I didn't bring it up when we were talking about the best of 2011. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Rooney I didn't, Mara, not horrible though. Come Rooney on. Mara is who I was rooting for in the nominated people, and I think she was in for Dragon Tattoo. And Michelle Williams was quite good in My Week with Marilyn, but just looking back, like, I mean, there's no reason she shouldn't have been part of that five with that group. Because I I, I wonder if, here, I have it up. What did I, did I credit her? She might have been my favorite performance from that year of women, for sure. It's her or Mara. I mean, Sucker Punch came out that year, so. Hey, that's a good movie. Why don't she reassess? (laughs) <laughs> like those two and Carrie Mulligan should have been in there for yeah, what was shame or something, you know, like between shame and drive shame came out there. Shame. Yep. Oh, that good, but yeah, good year. I guess. Damn. <laughs> uh, but those three, I are my standouts quickly perusing through this the, of the women that were just fantastic that year. And is she's just, she's so vulnerable and so, but you feel so sympathetic for her, and the movie does a great job at, like, r- every time you're starting to feel for her, it, like, flashes to her drugging the girl and to get raped. And it's just like, oh, God, I, you did do a lot of bad things over there, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Um, it, it does a great job of not just Durkin's script and direction, but also... Uh, Olsen's performance at every turn is just keeping you, you just don't know how to feel about the way she feels. And I think actually Sarah Paulson's character does a great job at balancing that as well. Cause while the movie, I would say maybe the weakest part of the movie is it does offer these two extremes mm-hmm. of like super domesticated, you know, rich, uh, upper class New York people versus this farm hippie living so the pull between the two is maybe a bit extreme but i think it allows the movie to allows martha to be very conflicted too because she comes from this privilege in society right but at the same time though how much does she come from it though oh you think think her family was gone but i guess they were still well off she was i have a feeling that's the case yes no i i guess i didn't really think about too much why they, uh, why have them be so rich? Mm-hmm. But, well, I think it's supposed to be that contrast and like Paulson. But I mean, what's the, it's not like they're saying, oh, well, this is. I don't think they're they judging. There's difficulties every place they go. Yeah. I, 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 there's pluses and minuses on both ends. But obviously, I think the minuses fall more on the the hippie cult (laughs) side of things, which as it should, (laughs) but I think they do a nice job of using it to bounce our opinions back and forth as it goes. So, and I guess just to show her show, like how create, how much of a change this is for her, how, how many things she has to get used to. It does a good job of making us believe that she would, why she would take a chance on this cult group. Because she felt so repressed and controlled in this other world. Uh, yeah. Only to realize she was being repressed and controlled. They didn't really give us many clues for, yeah, to for what why she there. was driven there or how she was recruited. Mm-hmm. 
the I remember being so pissed this time watching too as when the women had to wait to eat for all the men. I was just like, how who's buying into this at the very like I like I would have just like turned around and left if I was a woman at that point. I was like, uh, okay, you're I'm already, gonna go down. Too deep. It's tough. <laughs> Is that why she was having trouble eating breakfast and stuff? Because like she, she was I just to didn't know them. when to eat. Yeah. Or was she not hungry because she was used to not eating very much because they didn't have any yeah, food? Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, she she gets used. She mentions even that she you get used to not eating very much food. <laughs> like, she is pretty late in the game, and I believe, because the movie... It, the movie is told literally from the... From, both stories are being told literally. It's not being jumping around. And pretty late in her time at the, the commune community, she... She does try to steal, sneak the food or whatever. Oh, yeah, she gets... Uh, and gets scolded by... Oh, who is that? What's her name? Um, who does... A, they do a great job of slowly ratcheting up uh, Katie. Maria Dizia is the actress's name. I don't know. They do a great job of slowly building up that you would believe she would stab that dude at the very end. <laughs> like, there's just enough crazy in her that... She seems motherly at first, and they, I think... Durkin's script does a great job of just building right. little bits on top mm-hmm. so, so that you buy the big You see there's a, you see there's moment a problem the before you actually yes. see the ramifications. Yes. But I, and um, I, I think that the narrative structure is, is very important for this, almost as important as the, that, the editing that we were talking about with the, 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 uh, the, the interlacing cuts, just because you don't, and this also makes it better for a rewatching just because you don't mm-hmm. know why she's so disturbed by the green smoothie that her sister brings her or mm-hmm. the pine cones falling on the roof until after yeah. you've seen those scenes. And then so when they go back in time, you get this mm-hmm. nice, like, mm. you know, reward of, of of all these puzzle pieces falling together. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, that's just a really, uh, really great way to kind of introduce a narrative. It's kind of non-standard uh no, yeah. it doesn't hold your hand, but at the same time, it gives you all the pieces for you to, like, it's not hard. It's not obfuscating the, the puzzle, you know. It's well, not I, like, I think it there's a lot of the things there that we down. just haven't noticed yet also. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's just like, it's great at building up. And then, like you said, it just all comes together so beautifully. Like, I, the um, first time I watched it, I didn't notice, like, when she's setting the table towards at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And she, like, I think she almost forgets to serve the leader first. Or set the place for oh, the leader yeah. first, then she remembers, and like nobody, nobody is watching, but she like mm-hmm. kind of like kind of disciplines herself about it, and it's you see something like that, and you kind of like, oh okay, there's like things. This isn't not addressed later; it's just in there, and it's kind of showing her trying to adjust, and it's uh, I just have a feeling there's a lot more details in there that you know you don't even notice because they're just packed in. Mm-hmm. Is this the director's best? Yes. I <laughs> only made one movie. The Who. Uh, we haven't talked about Hawks, really. Oh, who he was great. is really quite mesmerizing and believable. That's why someone could be sucked into his... Because mm-hmm. he was the only really person in the film I was familiar with going into yeah. this one. Yes. And yeah, he just nailed it. And he, yeah, he... Yeah, he's so good from the from his little song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking of undermining everyone else always yeah. always putting them in their place always playing these mind games trying mm-hmm. to get people in the position where they're more dependent on him 
but he's got that danger still. Like you always, there's they, they from the moment she gets raped by him, it's like you can see the conflict, and, and you know you want to say, well, why would you? I, I just again, I think that just speaks to the pieces falling in place that they do a great job of showing how the process works and how they inundate all these people and women into being okay with all this. And there's just something about Hawks and his eyes that you just, you, you get it, even though you're just like, this is fucking stupid for hanging with this guy. I just think it's impressive how he's able to tell which cats have cancer. Also, that's, <laughs> that was a that's, funny line. that's a skill that I think is underappreciated <laughs> in our society. <laughs> Zoe knew. She knew which she, one. She knew which one that. had cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Abbott wasn't quite a big deal when they made this movie. He is the one who shoots the... Yeah, is he the one that confronts her in the diner? No, that's Brady Corbett's character, I believe. Watts. Okay, yeah, that's right. Christopher Abbott, though, he later went on. He was on Girls for a couple seasons, and he was in They, uh, they Come at Night, and uh, he's he's... Actually, he could be the next Adam Driver in that he might be this guy who's like doing really great stuff in indie movies mm-hmm. and could potentially jump out if given the right part. He he was really good in It Comes at Night. That's yes. that's right. Uh, he was in First Man, huh? Oh yeah, he's he's in the when they do the the spin out scene. He's the other. That's the only. He's only in like two scenes. He barfs. He's, no, he's with uh, not the training scene when they when they get the they're doing the it's the last uh, Gemini trial and they get when they're they have to capture in orbit and they go into like the spin okay when they're off radio silence or whatever and yeah he passes out while Gosling saves the day yeah not Neil Armstrong Ryan Gosling did it yeah he sure did. he would have if he was around back then. Uh, Brady Corbett, as you mentioned, the guy who kind of, he also does a nice job of being like I think he, he pr- provides a three dimensional character. Yes, because he could he could have been one note mm-hmm. in being just like everyone in the cult's evil, blah blah blah. Yeah, but no, or or like just a baby version of John Hawks, but he plays the part well. Like he's like you feel like he's trying to shoot for this, but he can't quite do this. And he is a little pawn in the game and trying to puff up his chest and be more powerful than he is. But he still has humanity. Yes. And I, I think that's great. That, that was a, again, that's where a lesser movie would have totally. Just, yeah, given him, mm-hmm. like, just put a big old stamp on his head. Like, bad guy, watch out. And I'd, I'd say the same thing is true with his with her sister. Yes. Said, like, yeah, she's. She's trying to do the right thing. She's caring, but she's got her own issues, and mm-hmm. she's not gonna. She doesn't always make the right decisions in trying to help her sister. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's not like you know. Usually, they'll go one way or the other. Oh, she's always doing the right thing, or she's awful. So, yeah, I think it's a it's a very like realistic human movie in that way. Yes, everybody feels very grounded like you could believe everything that happens in this movie well one thing that, that i gotta benefit this re- rewatch is uh just the, the zoe arc mm-hmm. you know i think if, the first time i saw it i think i was just all these cult people kind of running together but this time you can kind of see you know she's going through her own you know struggle yeah struggles her acceptance her maybe uh doubting everything and then if 
they didn't lie to her on the phone, then Zoe got out as well. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. And that she might have, she might have been a teacher and leader of these girls to escape this, which I think. It Holy shit, she was. Would be she an is, interesting. She, spin she wasn't lying. To that. She, is, yeah. she is a teacher in a. What, what else was it? <laughs> wasn't a leader? A leader and a teacher, something like that. Yeah. I love to when you the first time you hear that line, it's out of Martha's mouth, and it's like, "What the fuck?" And then, yeah, well, that's what her sister calls her on it. Yeah, and then when John Hawk says, "It's like, oh yeah, this makes a lot of sense why she's repeating (laughs) this," but then it's so sad too because you're like, she still trusts this dude even after she's run away, terrified of everything that's going on there. Yeah. Wait, why do? What do you think? She trusts him after she left. Well, I'm just saying the fact that she's repeating the words John Hawk told her after she's she's already escaped. Like, she's still believing some of the things that... It shows the conflict in her. Like, she's still buying into some of his bullshit. Or is it just so much a part of her that it's not like it's... It, she thinks it's part of her now, not yeah, of, coming from that's him. True. That's true. I could roll with that. Yeah. Speaking of the phone calls, mm-hmm. do, do you understand the whole system with the... I saw on the wall, ask three questions. And, yeah, I think and, it's just to keep them on the line long enough. To what are they? The FBI tracing the call? What I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Like, if it's generic enough, yeah, it could keep that from happening. I tried to look on the those three questions because <laughs> those also give them the information. The questions give them the information they want from those people too, like the name and stuff like that. Because I guess then they can figure out that might be enough of the information for them to figure out who which person's actually calling them because you get the vibe that these dudes are going out there recruiting mm-hmm. these women left and right and they don't know who's going to stick or what. So It's crazy. What if I start that, doing that on my phone calls? <laughs> Gotta ask three questions no matter what. <laughs> and then I'll actually start having a conversation. We've talked about most every one of our little categories, but Don't Overlook would be would be the ending of the movie. Yeah. I don't, we should not overlook that because I forgot, I forgot about all the final like two or three beats of the ending where that great cut to the guy in the white t-shirt watching her. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, Oh fuck. What is it? And he looks just vaguely. You, he, you can tell he is not one of the people we've seen before, but just the way they dress him in his costume. It's like, he totally could be someone new from the place. And right before that moment, like you're feeling like she's at peace her and her sister have realized, you know, they have that great little moment after the big fucking fight. And you realize, okay, they both know they were just emotions were flying high. They they can be, you think that they can end up being okay. She's going to take the swim where she's felt the most comfortable outside of this place. Not naked either. Yes, not naked either. And then there's this dude and it just rocks her and it rocks you and you're just like, but is there really a dude there? Well, I d- no, I believe there's a dude there because I like to think. I I wonder, you know. Oh, this is. Just... Are you jumping to uh, call me crazy theory? No, this is. <laughs> I, I, I'm reading. You know, she doesn't. Is it, she's under a ton of stress? Mm-hmm. She's having all these delusional breaks. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's to say that there's actually somebody there? Is it, who's to say that uh, they are actually? So you think the person seeing? that all three of them encounter crossing the street i think that there was somebody there that was something so you're saying that's a real person but you're not necessarily implying that that this her encountering this real person 
paired with a potential not real person has Mm -hmm. sent her on this tailspin that the movie brilliantly ends on. Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's vague enough that Mm -hmm. it could be either way. And I think that she doesn't know either. I am firmly on camp. They are both literal people. And, but what, what are they going to get out of that? Why would they come after her? I don't think they're coming after her. I try to be hopeful still. I am still an optimist when it comes to that. I think, I do not think they're coming after her, but it doesn't matter because she is not, like, she believes it. I think she believes it. I don't. Oh, she does believe it, or unless she's worried about it, if nothing else. Uh, Which makes the ending incredibly sad and depressing. Well, it's also just a really impactful ending, I Mm. think. A couple of my recent rewatches, very depressing. This and Being John Malkovich. Being John Malkovich gets more depressing every time I watch that movie. Malkovich, Malkovich. Yeah, no, I think it's... Yeah, you do forget that it ends like that, mm-hmm. or at least I did, since it had been yeah, you know, nine years since I'd seen it. But mm-hmm. just yes, I mean that's just it. Is it? It starts out, you know, it it doesn't uh, it doesn't seem like it drags really. It moves along well, and then it has well, this a solid movie ending. Does not it's, drag. <laughs> this movie great. moves beautifully. Yeah, you want me to do my call? Call me crazy. Mm-hmm. I got one. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> It's not. It's not going to tie into. Okay, I don't think your last one tied into anything either. Okay, good. So, isn't that the worst way of stealing things from people? <laughs> yeah, they are not good at stealing things. I mean, they. You don't have see- to be good at stealing things from people to <laughs> do all right at it, but you wait until they're home, or and then you make make a suspicious noise, <laughs> and then you go to their house. What? Yeah, that's they're not, asking for trouble, for sure. And then they get it. And that guy, that guy, it's just going, again, speaking, the guy who gets stabbed. Yeah. The movie taking zigging when you think it's going to zag, that's another great instance right there. Like, he does disengage and calm down. And right. instead of going over the top and just attacking them, and then Durkin stabs you in the back, <laughs> literally. Oh, as brutal. I, with, yeah, that... Because you you take that breath like you know it's that it's that quiet moment before the jump scare, but we get to see it happening in real time because the camera just sees her fucking crazy eyes going after him. Oh god! Well, it's just it it is so tense. Hawks just won't mm-hmm. let it go. He mm-hmm. just won't walk out of there. Mm-hmm. And- Do you think he wanted <laughs> her to stab her? I guess he saw her coming. He could have he could have stopped her with a word or a look or something. Yeah, which makes question. you wonder what his intentions are. Like, why is he okay with her? This guy stabbing. I guess maybe. I he think thinks... he was. He kind of was okay with him not being a witness. I think. Yeah, yeah. This movie yeah. is great. It's it's a fantastic movie. How high up on the, the decade would you put it? Oh, Give me a ballpark range, like top um, twenty-five, top fifty. I would say yeah, somewhere in the twenties, probably. Oh my gosh, that's high. I have it still pretty low. But I ha- I have to go through and still reassess. But I th- there's no way I'm not going to put it on the list. I think I, I I definitely enjoy it. This movie's criminally underrated. Let's see what uh, there's fourteen thousand ratings on Letterbox, which seems like a lot. But when let's just see, well let's say Midsummer Midsummer. Thank you. Talking I was going to ask you what movie you're talking about. Midsummer has seventy one thousand people, so it's like. Eight, the the cinephile website of letterbox.com has watched a movie that's been out for two months uh, oh, seven times more 
than this, which is a shame. More people should see Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene, and I'll make sure that I'll put it on that list to make sure maybe one or two people see it. (laughs) Okay, that's going to do it for Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. Two big thumbs up here. Go see it. It is criminally underseen. I think it was fairly... We, I mean, I think we are higher than the, the mean, like, rating for the movie. But I think the movie was well appreciated, critically. It just didn't get the audience it deserved. They would have nominated her for Best Picture, a heck of a lot more, or Best Actress. A lot more people would have got to see it, that's for sure. Um, you know, it would be a good uh, Best Actress for 2011 would have been Jessica Chastain. It's not City of Life. Jeez. Tree of Life. But Tree of Life, thank you. Yeah, she's great in that too. She was awesome in that. True life. That movie holds up to you guys. Grant, where can people find you on the internet? At $5 Wrench. Mm-hmm. Eventually I'll start tweeting again. Okay. And uh, I'm at Zach Goldenberg, wherever you find that. You can rate and review us at the podcast. Apparently that helps things. And uh, you can find us at, at Middle of Row and middleofrow.com. Next episode, as we previewed, will be about... A 2000, the the only lock from this year so far, 2019, that to make the list. And that is uh, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we already did a review episode for, but uh, I wanted to talk to Grant about it after I've seen it. Toy Story 4. (laughs) After I've seen it a second time. Um, Maybe Toy Story 4 will go up when I see it a second time. A movie I enjoyed, but I think I, being my least favorite of those four movies... Held it back a little bit for me. Goodbye. Euthanize your kittens with cancer. That's all.